Can... Live from the Finley Toyota ESPN Las Vegas studios. He does have a tricky oh, He does. Okay. He doesn't look like, okay, look at if, if that guy's walking down the street, you have no idea who he is. I don't know if you're saying, yeah, he's the best quarterback in the world. This is the Press Box. So we, our mean, tricky body list is James Harden and Patrick Mahomes. And yeah. now Patrick Mahomes runs kind of fun. With Grainy and Bischoff. Yeah. Oh, and uh, Travell Beck. Turbo Beck's body is not tricky. We know exactly what Turbo Beck's body is. It is not tricky in any way. Not at all. That is a complete lie. Stop trying to put Turbo Beck in that category. On ESPN Las Vegas. Back in action. Ed, Tyler, Jared here on a Tuesday on the Press Box. I just say we get to the first bite. There's so much to talk hold about. Hold on, right. hold on, hold on. You got off a plane? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Walk us through this. Woke up at 3 a.m., <laughs> Uber at four, uh, get a board a plane at like six fifteen, uh, land thinking you know what maybe go home a little rest, get in the Uber, have not hit the two fifteen yet, <laughs> out of the uh, airport, tweet, Pete Thamel, breaking, <laughs> UNLV has fired Marcus Arroyo. I'm like there goes the rest. So I walk in the house, hadn't seen my wife in a couple days. Dropped the bag. I said I'll see you later. <laughs> Then I got to the press conference and I looked at you and you started to laugh. I did. I was like, you just get off the plane? Ed's here. <laughs> so, yeah, that was a whirlwind. It was. Good morning for Ed Grady. Uh, it, was, it was strong. It was strong, yeah. The first bite. Should Marcus Arroyo have been <laughs> fired after three seasons? Oh, man, there's so much to get into here. I hope you will have the 9 o'clock hour also. Okay. Football, let me ask you this, football standpoint only. Not not because I think a lot more went into this and we'll talk about this than than just strictly five and seven and seven and twenty-three and all that. I think a lot more went into this. But football only on the field, academics, uh, did they improve two wins to five wins? if you just told me that, I might have given them a fourth year. That just that. But when you encompass all the other things that we're gonna get into, then I'm not surprised at all a change was made. I okay. I am surprised that in general UNLV fired a coach after a five-win season. Like just just that general phrase is a bit surprising. I thought UNLV was good enough this year that you'd look at the head coach and say, "Yeah, he's going to be back." But I don't think it was the wrong decision. I do not think Marcus Arroyo is a very good football coach. I do not think UNLV has been very good for the last three years, even this season winning five games. I don't think UNLV was that good of a football team. They had the big win over North Texas, who actually is playing for the Conference USA title at 7-5 and five this year. Uh, they, they crushed that team. But other than that, uh, did they beat another good team this year? Right? I mean, they beat an FCS team. New Mexico is god-awful. Nevada is god-awful. Like, all they were is better than a few terrible football teams. So, I because here's... Here's the big thing that I've seen on Twitter, people talking about this. People defending Marcus Arroyo are simply coming up with excuses. Ah, COVID was his first year. Oh, the schedule was difficult. Oh, he's just getting his guys in there. Nobody on Twitter has actually given a, hey, Marcus Arroyo is good at this, and that's why he should be the head coach. Mm -hmm. Because Marcus Arroyo hasn't been good at anything since he's been the head coach here. Not a single thing. Like, it's... I don't know what you'd even point. I guess you could point to recruiting rankings, but I'd give you this. The four best players in the Marcus Arroyo era, 
were all Tony Sanchez recruits. His best quarterback, Doug Brumfield, Tony Sanchez recruit. His best overall offensive player, Charles Williams, Tony Sanchez recruit. His best defensive player in 2021, Jacoby Winman, Tony Sanchez recruit. His best defensive player this year, Austin Ajake, Tony Sanchez recruit. His recruiting classes were the reason this team sucked. Like, that's it's great. His recruiting classes were highly ranked, but none of those players did anything. So I, I have a hard time finding anything that Marcus Arroyo did over the last three years that you would point to and say, oh, he's good at that, and that's why UNLV is going to be good in the future. I don't think it exists. Okay, then let me ask you this. Eric Harper's DAD. Do you think all of what you said was the only reason he was fired? Or do you think, as I wrote this morning, I just there was no connection between him and Marcus Arroyo and Marcus Arroyo and a lot of other facets around the program? Had he... Let me put out Tony Sanchez. And Tony didn't win enough games, and you know he was fired. I get that. He didn't win enough. That's, how, that's the business, and that's what happens. But Tony Sanchez, I think, was liked by a lot of people, liked by the media, liked by boosters for sure, got the Fertitta football complex built. If Marcus Arroyo had all that going for him, and, and the problem with Tony is his AD didn't like him, but let's say let's say Marcus Roy and Eric Harper really, really were close and good friends, and I don't believe they were. Is he the coach today, despite what you're saying about all the truth about the football part of things? If he's likable, he's still the head coach. I totally agree. The problem is, is he's not likable. I don't know many people that actually have liked Marcus Arroyo, whether it's been from afar, like the like the UNLV fan base, as small as it as it is right now. I don't think there's many UNLV football fans that liked Marcus Arroyo over the last three years. Not as a football coach, just, oh, I kind of like that guy. You use Tony Sanchez. You use Kevin Kruger. Kevin Kruger hasn't actually done it. I mean, they're 7-0 this year, but Kevin Kruger hasn't actually like done anything with his basketball program. They haven't actually accomplished very much. Everybody loves Kevin Kruger, mm-hmm. right? And he's, I, an, he's, he's a nice guy. Yes, he seems like a nice guy. And But I don't know. Did, did anybody like Marcus Arroyo? I know one of the academic advisors tweeted out that, you know, he's going to miss Marcus Arroyo or whatever. I know some, a lot of the players did, obviously. No, the players, obviously. But, I was not surprised at the players' reaction. Right, but to take it from the Eric Harper side of things, to take it from the staff at UNLV, not the ones that Arroyo hired, but the staff that makes these decisions like Eric Harper, I don't know that anybody actually liked Marcus Arroyo. Because here's the thing. If you like Marcus Arroyo just as a person, you're probably going to look for reasons to bring him back. You're probably going to look at this and say, well, five wins, not what we wanted, but it's okay. And we think he can do better next year because I like him. When you don't like Marcus Arroyo, you're going to look for reasons to get rid of him. And I think that's a big thing here is that Marcus Arroyo was not well-liked. He was not a likable person as the head coach at UNLV. And because of that, you don't give him the benefit of the doubt. You don't look for reasons to keep him. You look for reasons to fire him. I was not, I'm not going to say who it was because I'm not going to, you know, put him on blast because he probably doesn't want to be. It was a media member yesterday. He came up with an analogy, which I thought was really interesting. And maybe you haven't seen it or have seen it because it's a movie. Have you seen Rudy? No. Okay. We know the story of Rudy, (laughs) Notre Dame. I'm aware there's a walk-on that was offsides on a kickoff. Okay. We know, okay, but in that movie, and it was Hollywood, so I don't even know if this happened, but in that movie, there's a scene. Eric Parsegian had promised Rudy he'd get into a game, but then he left, and Dan Devine came in as a coach. Dan Devine didn't make that promise. He's like, I don't know what this is about. 
I, you know, I'm not putting him in the game. He wasn't on the list of the last game in Rudy's career. Every player, the analogy this person made, and again, if he wants me to say his name, eventually he'll tell me and I'll say it, but every player walked into Dan Devine's room and put their jersey on his desk and said, this is for Rudy. Play him over me. And the analogy was, how many people do that for Marcus right. Arroyo? Right. And you probably know the person also, but I mean, it's not important to put him on blast. But I thought that was really interesting and really a good analogy about you know how many people would do that. I don't know the answer to that. His players probably would. His players would follow the Notre Dame players because we've seen we saw Andy wrote a good story in this paper today with all these players defending him. And I had a Doug Brumfield quote who said, "I'm disappointed. I'm let down. Uh, it's very unfortunate." So his players really really liked him. The periphery of everyone though around that program, I'm not so sure that was true. Yeah. And the most important person, I don't know if that was true, is the person who made the decision to fire him. Right. I that, think that's, that's the person. I think that's pretty clear is that Eric Harper didn't have any sort of positive relationship with Marcus Arroyo. No matter what he said at a press yeah. conference. And which is what we expected him right. to say. Um I do I do want to yell about one thing really quick. And this came mostly from like the the national media side of college football because they're listen, UNLV football is not very good. Winning five games is, you know, it's an accomplishment. It's a moral victory, but it is an accomplishment given where UNLV normally is. Uh, in any given year. So there was a lot of, hold on, why did UNLV fire the guy that went five and seven? After winning two games. And specifically, Tom Fernelli had one of the tweets that I responded to on Twitter was, they went from zero wins to two wins to five wins. Like, they're showing progress. Why would you fire this guy? And here's here's why I, I hate that. Tony Sanchez, in his last four years at UNLV, won at least four games every single season and won five games in there one time. And that's what Marcus Arroyo took over. He took over a four-win program, and he destroyed it to a zero-win program. He took a four-and-eight team and made them 0-6. And by the way, it wasn't 0-6 with some close losses. That first year under Marcus Arroyo was 0-6 with an average margin of defeat by like 24. They got crushed in every single game he played. So he took a four-and-eight program and decimated it and then won two games. They sucked again that year and then won five games. He did not show progress on the team that he took over. He showed progress on the horrific first season that he created. So saying, Oh, he went from zero to two to five is saying is giving him credit for dismantling the program in that first year, right? He did not take over a zero win program. But, we're, but people are giving him credit for progressing from a zero-win program. That's not what UNLV was. UNLV, Tony Sanchez had this team on the precipice of a bowl game. The reason he got fired is because he could never actually get there. But he had him close. Four straight seasons. Arroyo took that and threw it away. Absolutely destroyed it. And I'm. it's annoying to me that people are like, ah, zero to two to five. No, the reality is he went from four wins to five wins in three seasons. And that's not good. That is not actual progress. So I was very annoyed at that. It'd be like, let me say this. If I took your laptop right now and threw it into oncoming traffic <laughs> and then bought you a new laptop, you wouldn't be like, oh, Tyler's so great. He bought me a new laptop. No, you'd be like, what the hell's wrong with that guy? <laughs> he threw my laptop into oncoming traffic. That's what Marcus Arroyo did with UNLV football. It's not a very good laptop, but he threw it into oncoming traffic and then went and got a new one. And people are like, ah, look at the progress. No, no. He created the mess. He's putting out the fire that he started. And so that annoyed me yesterday. I want to ask you this because we hear this all the time. I want to ask you where you put this in perspective of 
and everyone had this. I know his was somewhat different because it was his first year in Miss Spring Ball and all of that with the COVID year. And even Eric Harper, though, Eric Harper yesterday, and he, and by the way, he did not answer the question about, you know, was there a disconnection here? Later on in the press conference when he was followed up with that question, he said, well, I've never had anyone come up and tell me that. Uh, but it was the whole body of work. And is there is there more to that? Yes, there is more to that, which to me intimated the connection part of it. Like, we, uh, just say it. Just say what you mean. Yeah. But let me ask you this. How much stock, and it doesn't appear that you put much stock in it by what you just said, does the COVID year come into it? Because everyone had a COVID year. Yeah. Uh, not much at all. I mean, you still had two more seasons to have to go to a bowl game. Right. Marcus Rowe got hired to go to a bowl game immediately. The first year, COVID makes everything weird. Okay, I, it's fine that they weren't any good in the COVID year. That's fine. But to then have your second and third year also not go to a bowl game, when again, he got hired to go to a bowl game immediately, that the COVID year doesn't matter at this point. And again, they sucked in 2020. The, okay, it wasn't a matter of, oh, they were close and competitive. Go look at the scores of the games in 2020. They were awful. Like, they sucked in 2020. The Maybe the worst football team UNLV has ever put on the field was in 2020. That You don't get a break from that because of COVID when every team you were playing dealt with the exact same thing as you. You don't get a break from that. And by the way, Marcus Arroyo, if you remember, his very first recruiting class, he took over in December. Tony Sanchez had, I don't know, 15, 16 guys that were already committed to UNLV. Marcus Arroyo went in and said, we're not signing any of those guys in the early signing period. And he said, I'm recruiting my whole new class. Now, he kept some of those guys, but he signed an entire new recruiting class in uh, February of 2020. He brought in an entire, he said, I don't care what Tony Sanchez did. I'm bringing my new recruiting class. And it was a pretty good recruiting class, too. And then they sucked on the field. So it's not like he didn't get to recruit for the 2020 season. He did. He did a great job by recruiting rankings to come in in December and turn over a good class by February. But on the field, we didn't see any of that. On the field, they were atrocious. And if they had gone, you know, three and three in that year, you'd be like, all right, okay. I mean, yeah, COVID might have cost him a win or something. But what did COVID cost him? A one and five first season? Would we really be having a different conversation if they went one and five or if they lost the games by 14 instead of 24? No, they were atrocious. So I don't put much into the COVID. Okay. Everybody dealt with it. They weren't any good. Yeah, no. I, and Eric Harper actually said that yesterday. Yeah. He said everyone everyone had COVID. So he obviously didn't put much into it either. Something I want to look, examine your laptop analogy. <laughs> Considering that he then, once he did sort of like fix the situation he created, he did it with Tony Sanchez's players. Right. It's more like... You went and grabbed a bunch of parts out of the street. No, that'd be more impressive. <laughs> Rebuilding the laptop, that'd actually be impressive okay. if you rebuilt the whole thing. But yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, he bought the same laptop that Tony Sanchez had before. Is basically what happened here. All right, we need to take a break. I hope it was a Mac. Uh, <laughs> UNLV is like the first laptop you had in 2007. Yes, exactly. Come on, they're not a Mac. All right, we need to take a break. Um, we, we might come back and stick with UNLV football because we've got a lot more to get into. Rebels have it at the Fresno State eight-yard line. Brumfield drops back to throw. He's in traffic, and he's sacked at the 16. It'll be third down, and about 11 to go. David Perales got in, and that's the first sack of Brumfield in this game. 
We're back to the press box with Grady and Bischoff. UNLV fired Marcus Arroyo yesterday. Uh, they are now looking for a new head coach. But one of the interesting parts of this is Marcus Arroyo uh, was the highest paid coach in UNLV football history. He was making $1.55 million this year. I believe he was the third highest paid coach in the Mountain West this season. Uh, UNLV owes him on his buyout $2.3 million. It's 75% of the remaining uh, remainder of the contracts. So that works out to just over $2.3 million. Uh, but here's the interesting part, and a good job by, I guess, Desiree Francois. She's the one that signed that. UNLV no longer has to pay Marcus Arroyo once he gets a new job. So right. he's basically going to be paid the same, same exact way that he would be paid if he was the, still the coach, right. just only 75% of it. So he'll get monthly check or bi-monthly, whatever that is. Every month, he'll get paid by UNLV until he gets a new job. And the way that it's phrased in his contract it is literally a job doing like anything. He could become a middle school soccer coach and they would say, all right, we're done paying you. He could be the host of ESPN Las Vegas, right? He could host the show here and they'd stop paying him. I mean, if he hosted the show here. Both our laptops would be in the middle <laughs> of the street. So as soon as Marcus Arroyo takes another job, UNLV stops paying him and I feel pretty comfortable saying or confident saying Marcus Arroyo is going to have a new job fairly soon because he's a pretty young coach and 99% of coaches are like, Oh, I got to get back to work. And yes. it's going to be, it's going to be two years would shock me if he stayed out of coaching, right? It's going to be better for his career to get into it. If he's, you know, an assistant position coach at some school somewhere, right? right? Like, so I'd be stunned if Marcus Arroyo is not coaching somewhere by the summer, right? Yeah. Which means UNLV would is probably going to end up paying about five or six months of this buyout as opposed to two years. So the buyout is $2.3 million, but it's not actually going to end up being that. So it's not going to be that bad. It's a great clause for the school in the contract to have the buyout be uh, mitigated once he takes another job. Uh Point made yesterday, it's not public money on the buyout. I'd like to know where the money's coming from. I don't know if we'll ever know that. Um, and then turn around, let me ask you this. Uh, we're, we've seen some of the names out there, you know, and look, these names are throwing, you know, darts against the wall. This is just, you know, you, you have no idea these lists that get thrown out there by people. We had one in the paper. Other people have their list. You just try to do your best to look at the athletic director, see where his past is from, see where his coaching tree might come from, and then kind of just kind of try to match names. If it's still 1.55, if that's what they can afford, how good a coach can they get? They can hire an offensive coordinator from Oregon. <laughs> like, that's what they got with Marcus Arroyo. Didn't that guy just take the Arizona State job? <laughs> I don't know. Did he? Uh <laughs> They can hire a decent Power 5 assistant. The interesting part on Eric Harper yesterday, though, is that he said they want somebody who has head coaching experience. Like Which he, is a standard line off in these situations. It is. Um, I did feel like he went out of his way to say that yesterday. Uh, because he, w when he was asked about, like, what do you want in your next head coach? He talked about continuing the academic success, winning championships, championships. which... There's a fun phrase, by the way, for UNLV football. And then the third point he made, and the only last, the only other point he made 
was previous head coaching experience. So the first two were just sort of generic. We want to be good in the classroom. We want to be good on the field. And you need to have done this before. So maybe he thinks they can actually hire a former head coach. I don't know who that is. Um, I don't know if there's a former head coach who is an assistant somewhere that is desperate to get back into coaching. Maybe it's Brian Harson because that didn't work very well at Auburn for him. I don't know who it is, but they should be able to get a decent coach for one point five five. Yeah, dollars. and if you and like Gary Patterson's been thrown out there, and he's made a lot more money than one point five five a year. Obviously, when he's at TCU, he's an assistant now at Texas. You're right. Like someone like that might want to be a head coach again, and maybe has to take quote unquote a pay cut from what he's used to getting as a head coach, but says, you know what, it allows me to get back in maybe build it, and then jump back into a Power 5 conference. So I think there might be people out there like that as well. Harson, yeah. uh, Patterson, Art Bryles. Like you know, that... <laughs> that uh, He's taking the Liberty job after Hugh Freeze is Oh, uh, that is true. Yeah. That Liberty is where you go to rehab Try your to character. Um, yeah, I, I think you're right. I think it. you're looking at... You know, and you could be looking at um, NFL assistants... Maybe there, you know, there are some LNFL assistants oh. with UNLV ties. I loved um, Adam Hill's tweet yesterday about John Gruden. There's no way they'd do that. No, no. <laughs> I mean, does I he still that. live here? But, 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 no, he doesn't. But it'd be a heck of a press conference. <laughs> oh man! I wonder if the I, I guess the uh, house next to Carr has been sold, so he'd have to come get another house. How mad would Mark Davis be if UNLV hired John Gruden? Because Mark Davis did not want to fire John. No, Gruden. he did not. And if you, oh, that'd be funny if you and I'll be hired. But there's, there's no way. There's you zero chance they're doing that. You can't hire John Gruden to be your head coach. But I did love Adam Hill's tweet about that. Uh, I am. Did, did you put any stock into the notion that Eric Harper already knows who he's hiring? Oh, I think he has a list. There's no question he has a list. Is the list ten deep or is the list three no, deep? And he's I think talked to every I think single it's person. Three to five and talked to every person yet. I'm not so sure. Um, but. I think he had to have a list. All ADs have a list. And to that point, it's interesting, and I kind of intimated today in, in the paper, is that if he wanted to make a change, and I believe he wanted to make a change, and I believe he wanted to make a change before Monday. I just think he had lost six, they had lost six straight, maybe after the Hawaii game, maybe before the Hawaii game when they lost five straight. He's like, uh, I want to make my change. I want my own guy, which ADs always want their own football coach. He, the other reason, or one of the reasons he made a change is if they were, like you said, on the precipice of a bowl game at five wins, he comes back next year and they won six and go to a bowl, then you can't fire him. So if you really, really want to make a change, you make the change now, right? I mean, if you think, well, no, hold on, if I don't and they're close and they almost got there this year, you can't, you know, he wins six or seven next year and goes to a bowl. I will say, if you think he's going to win six or seven, you should probably bring him back. <laughs> like, if you think he's going to get to six or seven. Not if you don't like him. You should probably bring him back, because that's the uh, whole goal here. <laughs> we have to go to break, but that yeah, every David time you Roth, say that. up next. We're on one. I lost count. Dishwasher watch. David Roth from Defector is with us on the Press Box. Subscribe to the Distraction on Stitcher and use the promo code DISTRACT for a free month of Stitcher Premium. Uh, David, I've got an important question to help us sort of gauge the importance of something around here. Uh, sure. Were you aware that UNLV fired their football coach yesterday? Uh, I was not. Okay. Now, I know I know a little bit about UNLV football <laughs> because I had a coworker who covered 
uh, game there. But mostly what I know is that they have a um, they got a slot machine on the sideline. Yes, yes, there is a slot machine on the sideline. Um, do you remember the story? I think it was two years ago when their quarterback went on a reality show called Below Deck and ate sushi off of a model. No, but that oh, uh, that no, but that's one I feel like I should have heard you about. Have. Like, yeah, that's that's from yeah, a friend or like a friend's wife. Yeah, yeah. Their yeah. their quarterback went on this show called Below Deck, uh, which is just a show about rich people going on yachts and misbehaving. Yes. And mm-hmm. the the big part of his thing was they ate sushi off of a almost naked model. And the worst part of it is that UNLV made the quarterback apologize for going on the show. That's. How are you the right? University of Nevada at Las Vegas? <laughs> and you're like, this is not what we, first of all, partying is not a part of our core value. UNLV is pretty much the hotel management and uh, the community. That's a, that's terrible. Yeah. Right. I also feel like uh, that's impressive that a guy who is ostensibly just like a regular college student is getting to do that. Cause like I didn't eat sushi off of anything when I was in college. If I did, it would have been like my lap. <laughs> Okay, thank you for uh, putting into context UNLV football for us. Another important question. Are you planning your day around watching the United States play Iran? Not planning my day around it, but, like, I'm definitely planning to watch it. Getting rid of the games that happened long before the sun came up has meant that I've been, like, watching a little bit more. I'm still just in that the idiot brain stage where I'm kind of watching stuff, and, like, my big observation at the end of a game is, like, Ecuador's uniforms are very interesting to me. (laughs) Like, I just don't have the the nuance to really get in at a, a deeper level. But, yeah, I'm going to watch it. I mean, I feel like the it's weird that the lead-up to it has been as exhausting as it was because it's, like, it's still the World Cup. But the U.S. soccer organization and the way that it's behaved around Iran is, like, it's like they were trying to create the biggest possible distraction. And they really got there. I mean, you got to tip your cap on that. Did you – so uh... – the United States, well, the social media team, I don't know who did it, removed an emblem from the Iran flag that uh, angered a lot of people. But did you see yesterday some of the questions that were asked to Greg Berhalter, the coach, and <laughs> Tyler Adams, the captain, from uh, media from Iran? So I was like kind of binging that before uh, I came on with you because Ray Ratto wrote a blog about it uh, for us this morning at the Fector, and it's really good, but he's... It's Ray, so you don't know when he's going to sneak in something as a little spoof or goof. So he had like a bullet-pointed list of the things that they asked about, and it was like racism, housing discrimination, like redlining. Like it was just like any yes. real societal problem, and I was like, this can't possibly be right. And it's incredible. Yeah. Like, I, <laughs> especially because it's poor. Like Greg Berhalter struggles with questions like, why are you not using Geo Ray no more? <laughs> so the the idea that you're they're asking him questions about sort of being like. So your FDA uh, process seems very uh, <laughs> a, much a process of a regulatory capture. Do you have any comment on that? And he's like, Durr. <laughs> it's just not there. Like, yeah, it's uh, that was pretty captivating. This whole thing has been like stupid in ways that I think like feel new. You know, like certainly bringing uh, domestic politics into this uh, because you're mad that some social media dork desecrated your flag. Like that hasn't happened before. I don't think. They were so mad, they got mad at him for mis- mispronouncing Iran. Yes, which is really good. Because that's one of those things where you, sometimes, you know, this is when you are helped to have an editor. 
There'll be times where I'm listing a set, uh, you know, writing a sentence that I'm trying to, uh, you know, get in all of the various different bad things that I have there and, you know, like on my mind. And sometimes you don't have quite as many as you think and you get to the end and you sort of, you've listed a bunch of terrible things and then you're like, and like Marco Rubio's suits fit terribly. And that needs to go. (laughs) People saying the name of the country wrong. I'm sorry. Like, I'm sure I've done it too. But, like, if you've got, like, some real uh, good stuff to work with there, like, if you can ding the United States on racism, like, don't uh, ding Brendan Aronson on his pronunciation <laughs> of Iran. Uh, what sport did you watch the most Thanksgiving week? <sighs> That's a good question. I think probably college basketball, weirdly. I stayed up and watched a lot of those, like, the film night invitational games. I don't know why. I mean... Mostly it was just that I was very busy cooking, so I didn't see a second of that Lions game, which actually sounded kind of fun on Thanksgiving. I was uh, basically going up and down the stairs from my parents' basement to the kitchen, like, repeatedly for the entire time it took for an NFL game to happen. But uh, watching those, like, holiday tournament college basketball games is admittedly pervert behavior, and it was the sort of thing where I was glad that those games, that one and then the Maui Gym Invitational, which was very late at night because it was in Hawaii, it was also that I would do like after my wife went to bed and that I would feel compelled to like tell her the next day because it was so embarrassing. <laughs> I was like, yeah, like let me cards on the table here. I did watch Arizona San Diego State until one forty yesterday morning. <laughs> like it's not like a cool thing, but it's just you know, like relationships are built on trust. And I would not want her to uh, somehow find out that I had done that without me opening with it. So you were at the parents and not at the apartment? Yeah, I go out to my parents' uh, place okay. in New Jersey and uh, help them out the night before. And because I was came wondering back that night, I was wondering if you used a dishwasher to put any of the plates of food down on top of it. Well, I'm glad that you asked about that because my parents are giving me credit for having fixed their dishwasher, <laughs> which was kind of <laughs> they they recently got the kitchen sort of modernized. It was very much my family. This is you can see a trend developing here is very much into like just leaving the original fixtures there until they die. And in this case, it was like they had gotten a new, like, kind of fancy Bosch dishwasher and then instantly decided they were like, it doesn't work. And we've been calling. My parents are, like, so reliant on the Best Buy Geek Squad for everything (laughs) that, like, any problem that happens at the house, they're like, we're calling a geek. Now, they don't have any openings, so the geek won't be here until Wednesday, but we're expecting the geek between 10 and 1. And that's, like... I can help with some of this stuff. I can't help with the incredible rat's nest of tangled Ethernet cables that their entire house's Internet runs on. Like, that is not a solvable problem. But the dishwasher was basically, like, they didn't close the door thoroughly after having pressed a button and then waiting to hear water running. So I got it to work on Thanksgiving night, and they were like, amazing. You are a really good boy, you know. <laughs> I was like, well, I'm 44, but thank you. Uh, also, like, in the future, just push the power button, then the start button, and then close it. <laughs> but there was kind of a bleak irony to it. I'm fixing, uh, you know, other people's dishwashers, and mine is still sitting there. I got an appointment with Norbert this week, though, so oh, nice. uh, we'll see how that goes. Nice. Uh, do you believe the Geek Squad spends half <laughs> of their calls uh, just simply unplugging and plugging something back in, but making it look like they're doing much more than that i can't imagine that there's really that much more to do like if you're ta- dealing with my parents too that there's a lot of this stuff where the hard part would be like figuring out what the problem is like the problem is almost always like that fell down behind the dresser or uh <laughs> you need to unplug it and plug it back in but 
to hear that, like, so I couldn't get wireless internet to work at my parents' place. They had recently uh, changed carriers or something like that. And instead, neither one of them, they're very sort of technologically, there's like one computer that's attached to the internet. My mom uses it, but it's like attached to the internet by a big yellow cable that's shoved into the back of the old Dell box that runs the computer. And I was asking them, I was like, do you know what the wireless password is? And they were like, no, we don't. I don't think that, that we have that, but we do have wireless, but I don't think there's a password. <laughs> and then there was, they couldn't, the account like isn't there. Like the signal was not there. There was no, and the more I asked them about it, the more they got mad at Verizon, which is like normal. Everybody gets mad at Verizon, but it, it got like, I was sort of the more basic my questions got where I was like, is there a wireless router? My dad was like, Verizon is demonic. Okay. <laughs> so it was, I had no, which is kind of peaceful in some ways to have no wireless, but it was also, uh, I don't know that the geek squad can solve that because in order to like identify the wireless signal and create it, they would first have to explain to my parents what wireless internet is and that it's okay. How do they do with phones and apps? Awfully. I mean, they just don't, <laughs> they have, they have a landline, and even the landline has dead spots in the house. Like, and I've had my issues. Like, you can talk to Jared. Like, my phone that I'm talking to you guys on now, like, I'm going to be changing that out. I've had problems. There's been times when Jared has, like, called me, and the signal hasn't worked. If it was, like, a phone that had, a like, one of those curly tails on it that was plugged into a wall, it would work. For them, that is not the case always. And in terms of apps, like, they... They just sort of won't. Like, there have been times they have one smartphone between them. They hate it. They almost never turn it on. And when they were on vacation, they went to Miami and basically just didn't have any plans to get to different places. I think they thought that they would just be cabs, and there aren't. And so I think the hotel concierge just used his Uber account to, like, get them <laughs> a car to take them to Joe Stone Crab and back. And I don't know. I think they just thought it was like magic. They were like, "Yeah, he had a friend with a car, and he, you know, he booped it on his phone, and there he was." Sort of like, I don't think that's one hundred percent right, but I'm glad you enjoyed your crab. All right, he's David Roth from Defector. <laughs> Did we just do more therapy with him? Yeah, yeah. 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 Well, I was going to say that's yeah. like zero sports, and yet I feel yes. like I had a real breakthrough here. So thank you guys very much. Listen, you told us you were watching college basketball until two in the morning. I don't feel like we're getting great sports analysis. <laughs> technically an emergency yeah. intervention. Yeah. Thanks, David. Thanks, David. Thanks, guys. Have a good one. The I'm going to cough again, Jared. Okay. The worst... My parents are fine with phones and technology. Uh, the worst that I can remember is my grandmother has a smartphone uh and when i facetime her i always see her ear first and then i have to remind her you can see me and okay. she's like oh and we facetime but every single time i facetime her she's I, got the phone up to the I, ear i get the ear canal first right. <laughs> and then it's like hey grandma i can see you can see me and she's like oh and then she's she's happy so yeah that's about the worst my parents are fine so the they all part. they all have smartphones. Yeah, yeah, they all have smartphones. They're good. I mean, obviously, they're you know some things are like I don't know what's happening here, but they're they're mostly fine. Not a big deal. Have have your parents gone full the other direction where they're like sending emojis and gifts in response? Because I, I'm getting to the point where I'm a little scared. Um, not all the time. Maybe every now and then, but not all the time. It's definitely not something like you're like, oh, you're in the family group chat. And you're just like, okay, my sister, my dad, and my mom are just sending gifts back and forth. And I'm just like, I, I don't, I don't, can I leave? 
All right, coming up next is Aaron Rodgers' season over. Those are looks he normally makes, so the ball just didn't happen to go in tonight. Well, I'm totally comfortable with him shooting those books, shooting those, uh, those shots. Live from the Finley Toyota ESPN Las Vegas studios, this is The Press Box with Grady and Bischoff. Sunday Night Football saw the Packers fall to the Eagles. It also let us see Jordan Love play some quarterback through a touchdown pass to Christian Watson. Uh, got the Packers within seven, but they ended up losing the game by seven. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, though, we know he has a thumb injury on his right hand, the hand he throws the football with, and he apparently has a rib injury that he suffered in that game against the Eagles. The Packers are four and eight. They're not officially eliminated from the playoffs. Should Aaron Rodgers play again this season for the Packers? I don't think he should because isn't that the, isn't this finally the time to see what you have in Jordan Love? They're not going to make the playoffs. The guy's beat up and hurt. Now, if it's up to Aaron Rodgers, because we know Aaron Rodgers, he's going to want to play, and God forbid Jordan Love actually get in any more games under Aaron Rodgers' watch. Um, <laughs> but if you're the Packers, isn't this finally the time? Isn't, isn't this the time to say, let's really, really see what we have in him? And you have, I don't know if it's an excuse, but you have the reasoning that Aaron Rodgers is hurt. Yeah, and you're four and eight. You're four and eight. Right. If they yeah. were eight and four, then well, you'd be like, all right, gut through it, Aaron. Like, right. let's let's figure this out. But they're four and eight. And again, they're not officially eliminated from the postseason. Right. They could still I think they might have to win out at this point. Uh, but they're basically eliminated from the playoffs. So at this point, you're not going to the postseason. Your quarterback is hurt and two two different injuries. Right. And you've got this guy you drafted in the first round what feels like a decade ago, and he's made one career start, and that was last year. And that's all you've gotten out of Jordan Love is one career start out of Jordan Love. And what, they played the Chiefs and scored like 10 points in that game? Like, he didn't look good. Now, granted, a lot of people look bad when they play the Chiefs because Patrick Mahomes is on the other sideline being the greatest quarterback we've seen. But I can't think of a reason to not play Jordan Love. Like, I guess if Aaron Rodgers comes in and, like, demands to play or something like then that. they will likely play Aaron Rodgers. Right. And you're like, all right, we've annoyed him enough. But even then, you might be like, Aaron, you kind of suck this year. You're hurt, and we're not going anywhere. Sit down. And like, recently, a study found that long-term there are long-term of negative effects to ayahuasca use. <laughs> and the and here's the other part. If, if Rodgers, like, demanded to play, I'd be like, all right. You're hurt. We're not going to the playoffs. Do you want to come back next year? Because if he doesn't want to come back next year, I don't care what you think, Aaron. I'm playing Jordan Love. Sure. If he does want to come back, I'm going to tell Aaron Rodgers, listen, we need to play this Jordan Love kid. And guess what, Aaron? If he's good. We'll trade him. You're going to get a great wide receiver in here because we're going to trade a quarterback. People love good quarterbacks. So I, however it goes down, I've got to convince Aaron Rodgers if he thinks he needs to play. The Jordan well, the, the, whether he thinks he is or not, he would say he's going to play because he's going to make fifty million dollars next year. So right, I think he would say no. I'm going to come back now, and then knowing Aaron Rodgers, yeah. a month after the season, he retires. Yeah. So I, uh, I can't think of a reason that the from the organizational standpoint, the Packers are in a much better spot to play Jordan Love. Because if you if you give him the last six games of the season, right, 
that is it's not a big sample size right but that's the biggest sample size we will have seen on Jordan Love and that will at least help them make decisions in the offseason about the quarterback position right They'll, no I think the, you have to see what you finally right. have in the guy you might find out oh he sucks yeah <laughs> and we can't trade him right uh he's bad we don't have any future with him as our quarterback and we need to do something else you might find out Man, this guy's pretty good we, we want to go forward with Jordan Love. We don't have to pay him $50 million. Right. Or you might, and what the reality would be somewhere in between. The reality would be like, all right, he looks decent, right? He, he, there were some really good moments in there. There were a few bad moments, and we might be able to make this work, or we might be able to convince another team they can make it work. But I just, I feel like you you need to get the information on Jordan Love, and this is like your last chance to do it before the offseason. And it's a perfect chance to do it, given where the Packers are and where Aaron Rodgers is with every body bone on his body broken which one goes on the front page of the paper in the offseason jordan love or aaron Rodgers? oh oh with the uh raiders hat on raiders helmet on yeah yeah oh <laughs> nobody knows who jordan love is it'd be better for his aaron Rodgers, right but jordan love it would be funnier seems... if it was jordan love <laughs> jordan love seems reasonable doesn't it jared love jordan love yeah excuse me i, I apologize i'm looking right at jared like uh jordan love the just the general idea. Of, if he hey, plays really well. Well, like if you're the Raiders and you uh, like, they're certainly going to win too many games to pick in the top five. Right. Win too many games to get uh, one of the top three or one of the top, one of those top quarterbacks. And you're looking around for quarterback options. And he plays really well. Jordan Love would make sense. Even if he just plays okay. I could, I could, I think you could talk yourself into, we're going to go with Jordan Love, see what we have. Local and, guy? Yeah. Ish. And, oh, wait, 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 wait. He knows Devontae Adams. Oh, that's true. Oh, oh that's, oh, yeah, didn't play in college with him. 